The first reading comes from Matthew chapter 1, beginning at first 1. The genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Minbeth, the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, Solomon the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amon, Amon the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, the father of Abihad, Abihad, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Elihad, Elihad, the father of Elysia, Eliezer, the father of Mathan, Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. I'm glad I didn't get that one, and I'm glad that I've never taught a class, and that's my role. I'm reading from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through to 13. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. 
Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Marah at Sheshem. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, and Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while, because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. Well, the story goes on, and we're going to look at that story uh, more today. But it is just the best to see so many of us here, friends and family of my own as well, to be celebrating uh, the baptism of Bonnie. And we're looking at a passage today that deals with the promises that God makes to his people, to all of us here. Now, if I had to guess, I would say that we've got trust issues. And that's because, historically, we have, all all of us, we've put our faith in someone who said they were going to do something, but then they fail to do it. And that hurts us. We wonder, can we trust that person? Can we trust people at all? Now, I'm personally really trusting, or you might say gullible. So this happens to me all the time. You know, someone gives me their word with that beautiful smile on their face, and then later on you find out, Oh, they were just being polite. That is the worst. Just being polite. Just tell me straight. But that means that we then struggle to then take people at their word. And perhaps there was a time when we used to trust the media, and now we trust it as much as we trust the weather report. But none of this should stop us, or ought to stop us, from making promises, giving our word. And we do our best to come good on our word. But weather gets in the road. Sickness gets in the road, as we heard today. Or selfishness gets in the road. Well, today in the Bible, we are going to hear about a promise that God made to bless all people. To bless all people. And he makes this promise so early in the Bible that we ought to be wondering, well, can he come good? Can he come good on his word? Because the longer the story goes, the more problems arise. And that little genealogy, that's just a picture of all the things that went wrong almost. Can God keep his word? Well, as we open up the Bible today, we'll see two simple things. God makes a promise. That's number one. And number two, God keeps his promise. Our first point from today is that God makes a promise. And he makes this promise to Abram many millennia ago. He says this, we read this, the Lord 
had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. The Lord told Abram to go to a new country. Maybe some of us have done that. And God told him that he would bless him. And that from this man would come a great nation. Now Abram doesn't sit around twiddling his thumbs. Abram trusts God. That means Abram obeys God. He responds to what God says. Abram went, just as the Lord had told him, and they set out from the, for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. So Abram takes everything, everyone who's with him, and he gets to the promised land. God, he's basically calling this guy out of his comfortable home. Calling him out of that to radically trust in him. God is saying that he will supply all that he needs and that he will receive more than he could even dream of. God is promising to bless Abram. And it's worth stopping there just for a second and thinking, what's it mean to be blessed? Because we talk about blessing all the time, I think. Now, perhaps the main way we think about blessing is materially. And that's, there's something that's partly true, that's partly right. It means that you're blessed if you've got lots of stuff, if you've got good health, a good job, lots of money, lots of possessions. If that's the case, we might say, you're blessed. And that is partly true. And that's actually part of what happens to Abram. But let me describe another situation. Consider the person who has a loving family. Their friends are loyal and caring. They have a supportive community around them. So when they flourish, well, they're able to share materially with those that are around them who are in need. But then when they struggle materially, well, they've got all these people around them to help them. Not to mention that they have a solid ground to stand on. They know God and they know his purposes for their life. Who is more blessed? I think it's a description of what blessing is. It is not primarily about material, uh, material things. It is primarily relational. Primarily relational. You are blessed when you have strong relationships. The love of Christian family, of Christian friends, and most of all, the love of God. That is true blessing. And that's the kind of promise that God makes to Abram. When he calls him to leave his land to start a new family in another land. God is not primarily blessing him with material wealth, although that happens, but it happens because God has blessed him with a special relationship with himself. Abram knows God, and he is blessed. Now imagine this happening today. It's like 
the Lord saying to random name, Mr. Snobby Pickles, um, that I want you to leave your job in the city. I want you to sell your house in the eastern burbs. And I want you to move west, like past the Hawkesbury West, like Alice Springs West. (laughs) But when you get to Alice Springs, you're thinking there's nothing there. But actually, you'll have a better job. You know that that, um, work-life balance thing? You'll figure that out. And then you're going to find a community. You're going to find people that love you. You never had enough money to raise a family in the burbs. But now you've got enough room to raise a family. You've got people around you to support you. And through your family, through your work, you're going to be a huge influencer. Maybe YouTube. (laughs) On all people. Many people will be blessed through you. It is not easy to trust God. Imagine hearing that. It would not be easy. I imagine for Abram, it would be very easy, very tempting. Stay where you're comfortable. Stay at home. Stay at home. Do what you always have done. That's what we're telling ourselves. But God makes a big promise. And Abram, like all of us, if we were hearing this for the first time, we would say, Can God come good on this? Can he really do this? Well, God does come good on his word. More than Abram would ever realise, God comes good. Our first Bible reading from the passage of uh, chapter of Matthew, first chapter of Matthew, it was this great big family tree. But consider the very first verse. This is the family tree, the genealogy of Jesus, the King the son of David, the son of Abraham. Through the centuries and the centuries, God kept his promise. From Abram comes a family. From that family comes a nation. From that nation come the kings and the last king, the best king, the king of kings is King Jesus. God's promise came true. All people on earth are blessed through Abram because all people on earth who trust in the Lord Jesus are blessed. They are blessed. God makes a big promise to bless you, to bless you through the Lord Jesus, to bring you into a relationship with himself. But more than that, to bring you into a family of God. That's what this is, the family of God. Today, we baptise my daughter. My daughter is blessed, blessed. And she will be raised in a family that loves God. She'll be raised in a community that loves God. She'll be taught to trust in the promises of God. And that by trusting in those promises... She'll be blessed. She will be blessed. Just think that thousands of years ago, the Lord made this promise to bless all people, no matter what ethnicity, especially one-eighth Filipinos. (laughs) I respect that. Thank you, Lord. My daughter will be blessed.
because God promised to bless all people, all people through Abram, through the Lord Jesus. We welcomed her into the promises of God, into the blessings of God, into the family of God. And that's the same for you. If you're a Christian, you're blessed by the Lord Jesus. He gives you life. He gives you satisfaction, joy and peace and rest, which we looked at last, over the last couple of months. He blesses you with a community, with a family. All these things come through knowing God, the greatest blessing. And if you're not a Christian, then you can be blessed. You can be blessed by trusting the Lord. It is that simple. By trusting in the promises of God. He calls you to stop living your own way. He makes a hard call. Leave your land. Come to where I am. In another land. In another place. You're living outside of my blessings. Come into my blessings. Trust me. Enter my family. But it is not easy. It is hard to trust God. Ask anyone that trusts God. It is hard to trust God. Because we're scared. We're so scared to leave what we're comfortable in. We want to stay home. We want to do what we've always done. Even if it hurts us even if it harms others, even if we don't know God, we want to stay there. Because we've always done it. But God calls us back to himself to find a place to belong, to find a family to belong to, to find the love of God. Which is our first point. God makes a promise to bless all people through Abram, through the Lord Jesus. But our second point is that God keeps his promise. In our Bible passage today, we see that God keeps his promise despite what may come. All sorts of things look to get in the road. Even people look to get in the road. At first glance, it's a famine that drives Abram out of the land. There was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was so severe. Which is the first thing that seems to derail God's plans? It's the weather. No rain, no crops. And it's it's hard to sympathise with Abram at this point because the weather in the Hawkesbury is just so good. There is rarely ever... An opportunity to complain in the Hawkesbury. There, there are like one or two exceptions. There are some floods. There are some bushfires. And if you look back further enough, there's like some 10-year droughts. We think that that's bad. But the big twist that looks to undermine God's promises to Abram is Abram. It's the man himself. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know that you're a beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Let's kill him. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Instead, say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. 
Abram's full of fear. He thinks the Egyptians are going to kill him and take his wife. And his solution, because he's smart, I'll just give him my wife. What an idiot. What an idiot. God promises to bless this man, Abram, to make a family, to make a nation, that all people will be blessed. The first thing we hear he does is he gives over his wife out of fear for his own life. Now, Abram's fears, they partly come true. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. So she was taken into Pharaoh's palace. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Abram is not the hero of the story. He thought Pharaoh would kill him, take his wife. But get this, this Egyptian Pharaoh is a better man than Abram ever thought he was. It's almost as if the Egyptian Pharaoh is suffering for Abram's mistakes. The hero in the story is the Lord. It's the Lord. The Lord sends a warning to Pharaoh and Pharaoh listens, which is miraculous. If you know the story, the Pharaoh will, it will come a time when the Pharaoh will not listen, despite anything. But here he does, and the crisis is averted. The man that God promised to bless is the very man that turns away, turns away, goes another direction. He gives away his wife out of fear for his life. This man is meant to trust God, but he fears people more than he fears God. And as someone in my growth group said this week, when we thought about Abram, you just thought, that is so relatable. That is so relatable. Abram is just like us. And we are just like him. God promised to bless this man, and this man fumbles the ball. Does that mean God gives up on him? It is the very opposite. Despite Abram's failures, God still blesses him. Despite his failures. And now I hope all of us are thinking, Abram doesn't deserve those blessings. And you're absolutely right. He does not deserve the blessings of God. Not one bit. Why does God bless this man? In fact, why does God bless any of us? It is absolutely not because we deserve it. Not at all. Abram isn't the hero of the story. Pharaoh is not the hero of the story. And while we're at it, we're not the hero of the story. God's blessed me with a wonderful wife, two kids who love me. God's blessed me with a community that love me and support me. More than anything, God has blessed me with himself. He loves me. He loves me. And yet, there are times and there will be times when I fail to love my wife as I ought to, fail to love my children and bring them up in the way I ought to. 
There are times when I will fail to love my church as I ought to. And there are always times I fail to love God as I ought to. Do I deserve the blessings of God? Not in the least. Do I deserve the love of a family, friends, God himself? Not at all. Not at all. I keep failing. Persistently failing. Persistently not deserving good things. I'm just like Abram. And you're just like me. Abram isn't the hero of the story. Pharaoh is not the hero of the story. We're not the hero of the story. The Lord is the hero of the story. He's the hero. He promises to bless people. And in fact, he will do it despite people. Because he is merciful. He's gracious. God is loving. He is kind. He is forgiving. He is trustworthy. That's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing this morning as we read the word. And how is he going to bless people? How will he bless you? He blesses people through the Lord Jesus, the descendant of Abraham. Do people deserve the love of God shown to us in the Lord Jesus? Not at all. We're like Abram. We fail to trust in his promises. But although we fail, that does not mean God failed. It does not mean God failed. Just as he continued to bless Abraham despite his failures, as Christians, even when we fail and stumble in so many ways, God is still there. He is still there. He is still there, ready to restore you when you turn to him. Which is great news. Because that's going to happen a lot. That is going to happen a lot. And if you're not a Christian, the Bible calls you to trust in the Lord. And better than that, to receive the blessings of God through the Lord Jesus. To receive the love of God and to join the family of God. It calls you to trust God and return to him despite what you've done in your life. And I don't know what you've done in your life. God is loving. He is gracious. And he blesses all who trust in him. Not because we deserve it. We do not deserve it. But God is gracious, loving, trustworthy, keeps his word. And that's why he sends the Lord Jesus, the descendant of David, the descendant of Abraham, to bless all people through his life, death and resurrection. Today we saw that God makes a promise to bless people through the Lord Jesus. And we saw that God keeps his promise. Despite people, despite our failures, he still blesses us all of us who trust in him. Let me end with these words from Galatians chapter 3. It's a chapter that we're going to look at many times over, I'm sure. It says this. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify all people by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Amen.